All right, you're back on the DFSR on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we are back for a Week 8 Cash Game podcast for FanDuel and DraftKings. Didn't do the uh, Week 7 breakdown, which stopped us short of another victory lap for cash games for FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, believe me, I wanted to. We just kind of ran out of time. With we could take that time to do it now, Doug. Come on. We got, okay, we got some so time. The cash game podcast is normally pretty short. I was going to let you do your Latavius Murray rant um, during the running back section. I don't know if you want to do that now because we had a bunch of people, me included, that called Latavius Murray uh, Malcolm Brown 2.0 leading into cash mm-hmm. games. Um Kind of the same price going up against a tough defense. You were you had a lot of conviction about this play, uh, which made me feel at least like we weren't. I don't know. You you rarely have like huge conviction about plays, which I'm. Which I'm so when you do have it, I'm 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 all usually pretty much on board. Do you want to take a little victory lap on your Latavius Murray? Sure. Well, and, play and first of all, on the pro- on a process level, there is such a thing as uh, blame equity, right? So like, if I really put my foot down, if you feel unsure about a play, and this goes the other way too. You, you know that at least one of two things is going to happen. Either A, we'll win, or B, we'll lose, and it will be my fault. And <laughs> there you both go. of those are better than us <laughs> losing and it being your fault. So that, uh, I've, I've been there before, too, where I'm like, all right, man, just let Doug do it. And uh, I can either <laughs> win this, a little power move and send the text at 2.30, like, yeah, for not not looking so good or whatever. Right? No, no. To your credit, you never do that. We just kind of quietly know. We just quietly know that's the case. Like, you, you know, no one yeah, ever exactly. No one on this team ever rubs it in because it's just like it's not no, needed it at that help. point. We, we know who. <laughs> but you we, know deep down that it wasn't your fault. I guess is what I'm saying. And so when it came to Murray, yeah, like the uh, like if you ever, I, I remember being in chat and I had the same feeling I've had, like when you're at a like say you're in a busy city and there's a street preacher, right? And he's mm-hmm. like. The end is coming. The world is nigh. Repent or you're going to hell. And you just look at the person and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with this guy, I don't think, because he's just insane. And uh, I'm just so obviously right that the world is not. That's how I felt about Latavius Murray, Doug, I'll be honest. I just think, and I wrote this up in the Cash Game article as well, but the differences between the Murray play and the Brown play, I think, are the type of differences that you that one needs to be really considering when thinking about when a punt play like evaluating the level of risk for a punt play and i go into the depth in this in the dfsr strategy boot camp uh, which you can get on our website it's right there on the, the home page if you want to click on it we talk about this in the ebook as well but basically there are all these different factors when considering a punt and while i still think playing malcolm brown was correct we knew that we were taking on a lot more risk by doing that on the basis of you know, a better quarterback being on the team, uh, a more difficult defensive matchup. Like, there were a number of different boxes that made Malcolm... And, you know, no precedent. They didn't bring Malcolm Brown specifically in to spell uh, Gurley when he was out. You know, like, it was kind of like, a, hey, it'll probably be Malcolm Brown. He got some carries week one sort of situation. Whereas with Murray, you know, they went out of their way to get this guy who, you know, had some offers from other teams. Like, it wasn't like he was a pure scrap heap guy. We had seen some success from him in the starting role in the past. And, and we know the Saints ultimately want to run the ball, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater there. So, so yeah, I'll take the victory lap on it. And I think, interestingly, we have another uh, similar situation coming up this week uh, with Ty Johnson potentially uh, on Detroit. You know, another super cheap running back. Uh, you know, the potential heir apparent here. And uh, we can talk about that in a second. But, yes, I, I'm feeling very pleased about the Latavius Murray play, Doug. So thank you for bringing it up. 
I didn't realize you were going to do four minutes on Latavius Murray. I wouldn't have. Uh, maybe, it's maybe. been two minutes and 45 seconds. We're at the Latavius four minute Murray. and 12. We're at the four minute and now 14 mark uh, with that Latavius Murray. Ran us into our first ad spot. <laughs> our good friends over <laughs> our good friends over at Vivid Seats, great sponsor of the show. Uh, you have to use Vivid Seats if you're looking to buy any, really any tickets this season. Uh, you download the Vivid Seats app. It's about as good an app as you're going to find when it comes to this. You're going to be able to see seat location. The price, uh, the prices are uh, as competitive as it gets in just looking for those live games. You use the promo code Overtime O V E R T I M E. You can that will enter you into the Vivid Seats Rewards program. It'll also give you up to hundred dollars off your first purchase if you're a first time user of Vivid Seats. But you got to enter the promo code Overtime O V E R T I M E. If you're headed to a game this Sunday, maybe you're looking to score some NBA tickets this year with that season starting as well. So uh, use that Vivid Seats app. Great sponsor of the show. We love these guys. And uh, yeah, on the tail end of James feeling good about Latavius Murray, I'm feeling good about Vivid Seats. All right, let's get into the quarterbacks this week. I got to be honest with you, I think this is a two-quarterback show, and that's really it for cash games. And we're going to see, I mean, famous last words in this because I have been wrong about <laughs> where the rest of the industry stands on certain players when I think that the play is just so lock solid. And by the way, it's not lost to me, this Chase Edmonds thing, but just the, they're in the Latavius Murray thing. Uh, the David Johnson played two snaps in the Cardinals should have had David Johnson on the injury list. I meant to go off on that. Um, that was going to be part of my other uh, rant, but the Latavius Murray thing went a little far. But anyway, uh, we could, I guess we can talk about Edmonds. But the quarterback thing, I think it's just between Watson, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. That's kind of it. Like I know there's some great matchups this week, and there's some really high totals. I, some of these totals are nuts when you look through, just look down the games. There's a lot of good offenses playing bad teams. For me, it just comes down to Watson and, and Wilson. I think we're going to get enough savings at some of the other positions. Not usually a place where we go spending all the way up at quarterback, but this one feels like it. Do you see these guys just standing alone at the top of the list? I I think it's such a huge drop-off after these two guys to anyone I want to consider at their perspective price points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in looking over the cash game article that you made a pretty persuasive case. You know, I think one of the things that we've been best at this season when it comes to cash games is figuring out which positions we need to prioritize spending up at and which ones we can sort of get away with paying down for uh this week sure looks like we're going to be spending up at watson and wilson and that'll be important to keep in mind as we kind of make decisions elsewhere you know so like we have the benefit of using a lineup optimizer where you know our on our site if you go to dfsr.com deals you can get access to it but our optimizer will tell us like hey this is a week to prioritize paying up at quarterback uh, so go cheaper elsewhere i think when most people are making lineups by hand it gets a lot more problematic, right? So, uh, but right now the difference in, in a points per dollar basis between Watson and Wilson and the rest of the group means that you're, yeah, you are, you will be spending some amount of salary there because after that you're getting down into what I believe to be a, a much more speculative group, one that still has plenty of upside, right? Like you know Jared Goff, uh, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, guys like that, uh, even Kyler Murray. But I think yeah, right now I'm I'm totally with you that we're going to be probably in that upper price tier. Yeah, so they face uh, so Miami on the Monday night game. Uh, have fun, make some plans for Monday night because uh, the Dolphins play the the, the Steelers uh, on the road. Um, hey, my no, Steelers, dude, I'm watching it. No, no reason. We got to, some. Okay, well, if you guess if you're, I guess if you're a fan, otherwise, fourteen and a half point favorites. But Miami's on Miami's on that slate, so we can't target them. There are a couple teams on buys. Mahomes is hurt now, and Oakland and Atlanta rank thirty first and thirtieth against the pass this season in terms of DVOA, and that's who that's who Watson and Wilson plays. They both they both just walk in to absolutely ideal situations. Uh, I re- they're about the same price on both sites. I think it's really just going to come down to. 
like I said at the beginning, like just kind of a challenge play. There are $100 difference on, on DraftKings, and there's $200 difference on FanDuel. It's just going to be who you feel better about. I, I rarely advocate doing this like on the podcast. This is a situation to me where if you kind of were playing cash games, I don't think it makes sense, and you enter multiple like multiple contests in cash games. This is one where it kind of would make, possibly make sense to me to just say I'm going to play 50% Watson, 50% Wilson. I'm going to cover it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to make a challenge. I don't need to have enough. It's going to be very hard to have enough conviction about one or the other. I think there's no problem having conviction about these two compared to everybody else. But when it comes to just picking between them, if the salary considerations are basically the same and you're just maybe choosing the difference between $200 on a wide receiver or a tight end or maybe even a, you know, actually just probably like a defense or something like that, um, I think this is a situation where you can say to yourself, look, I'll just call it a day. I'll root for both. Um, there's a chance. Would, would it be both- surprising for you to hear in, in your certainty on these guys that neither of them is in the top three quarterbacks currently receiving – uh, social media buzz over on FanshareSports.com. I mean, who could who could people want to play in cash? Like a guy golf against this? Well, okay, maybe... so there, I think there are a couple of interesting cases to be made here. So um, I don't know if they're going to play him in cash, but Teddy Bridgewater is the number one guy. He's uh, he's one I thought starting. about. So he's one I thought about, yeah, okay. but he just doesn't run at all. Like see, with Watson and Wilson, you just get again this run the running piece. I, I know this is a, yeah. a horse that we beat just to absolute death on this, but. It just play, but it, but it freaking works every single week. Like you play running quarterbacks because they give you a higher floor. Like you're not subject to the team just running as much running. You know, getting touchdowns vultured by the running backs. Maybe vultured is probably the wrong word to use in that scenario. But you know what I mean. Um, you're, you're just less at the whim of these things of the game script not working out perfectly when you have these guys that can just take off. I, I who are the guys that are getting buzz? I hate to go, I don't want to go crazy about this, but like who are people want to play in the, in the situation? I, I get the Bridgewater thing; he doesn't run at all, so that's that one's off the table for me, right there. Well, uh, Bridgewater, Bridgewater between three and five carries every game. The problem is that he only turns that into about twelve yards. Well, that's what I mean. That, that, I, I was talking about the yard. I get, I get. I was talking specifically about the yards. Like he just no, doesn't. No. Right. So the thing is, so I think I think what's at play here, and I think we've seen this a little bit this season, and we'll get to this when we get to running back too. But do you feel like we have entered an age where people perhaps are? overrating matchup because that's the only thing I can think here like the people the play, quarterbacks receiving buzz every single week or whoever is playing New Orleans and yeah sometimes that works out pretty well you know uh, we've certainly targeted even we played Andy Dalton in cash I'm sorry against um, Arizona. Arizona yeah um, we played Andy Dalton in cash against Arizona but I think last week you may remember that on Fanshare one of the top five quarterback or top five players overall receiving buzz was Daniel Jones and Good. Daniel Jones was hot yeah. garbage against Arizona. Yeah, um, that's what and I mean. it's not like Arizona is this team that is just like going to show up and let you pass for three hundred yards and three touchdowns, no matter who you are. And I think at some point it's a bridge too far, pun intended, that you just can run any quarterback against them and be fine. And it's not like, and even in the Daniel Jones case, at least he was super cheap. Bridgewater seventy five hundred. So sure, you're getting some savings, but man, it seems like like for the extra nine hundred dollars. I'm I'm trying to see if I can trim salary on defense or really anywhere else. Uh, yeah, it just it's not makes like no these sense. top guys have bad matchups either. Like you know, um, and it just so, so it just makes no sense. That makes no yeah, sense yeah. to me. I, like I I just don't just let people do it. Like I don't even care. Like this is again we're not we're, I don't think we have to go crazy with some of these other positions in terms of price. Um, I. And when that's the case, then you just pay up for the safest commodities. Watson's the second overall fantasy scorer this season behind Lamar Jackson at quarterback on DraftKings. Wilson's third. Um, Matt Ryan's fourth. They just traded their second best receiver in Sanu. That team's terrible. Mahomes is hurt. Prescott's on a bye this week. Uh, Tom Brady is not on the slate. 
Aaron Rodgers is not on this list. There's, there's such a drop-off to the next closest So the other guy they like to cut ahead here is Jared Goff going up against the Bengals. Good. Um, have have fun, have but seen... he just doesn't run. He just doesn't run. I, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry to get it. So I'm with you. And so I think it's funny. Like, you know, it's uh, perhaps becoming a meme that we won't play pass-only quarterbacks. But the thing that we're trying to suggest here is not that pass-only quarterbacks can't have the biggest week overall, right? But just take a look at just even last week, right? One of Goff's banner games of the season. He manages to punch in a rushing touchdown in spite of having three yards rushing. So you love to see that. You know, we know that the quarterback sneak from the goal line is a is in the playbook for the Rams, and he gets up to twenty five fantasy points against Atlanta. Like that was his best game of the year. Yeah. And you want to compare that to like that, that's a complete embarrassment to. Watson, Wilson, Jackson, really Josh Allen, you know, any of these guys that run the ball. And I just think that if you're, even if your very best game is you turning in 25 fantasy points, I just don't, I just don't totally see it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I'm with you. I, you know, as I was looking through these names, I, I was honestly a little bit concerned at first, you know, whenever you're totally against the chalk, it's good to be mindful. And this is another good practice and a little bit of a level up episode here, but Another good practice is when you head on over to FanshareSports.com and you use promo code DFSR to get 20% off and you see that it looks like the public is going to be on players that are totally different from you. You don't need to just play those plays, but it's definitely worth researching each one and thinking about whether or not you should or whether or not you miss something, right? Because sometimes you're like, oh, geez, I didn't have this guy for 20. Like one guy will get to a running back side didn't write up was uh, Chris Carson. Um, we're like, oh, hmm, I, I should probably look at this guy for a little bit longer because he's not showing up in our system right now. But yeah, now that we've done that process on quarterback, I can confidently say, at least right now, that I'm totally with you, that I think it is at, you know, at the end of the day, a spend up week here. Yeah, like, look, we did this last week, uh, to uh, point of honesty, we did this last week with T.Y. Hilton. Like, we saw what T.Y. Hilton's projected ownership was going to be on Fanshare, and we took a harder look at his projection. Like, I'm fine changing something. if I'm trying looking into it more closely. I just don't think that's going to be the case. That's just not going to be the case here, I don't think. When the highest, the most expensive guys in our system are coming in with the highest projections and the best points per dollar, the system's just going to go find someone else to play at other positions for a little cheaper. That's just the end of the story. All right, we're going to get the running backs in a second. But if you're looking to get some money down on the game this week, you know you have to head over to mybookie.ag. I was having a text conversation with a couple of buddies today. I'm just on this longest ever text thread with a couple of friends, and they were throwing out different bets for this week. And in the text thread, shout out to my buddy Bake, threw out the DFSR promo code, um, the, excuse me, the, the overtime promo code for mybookie.ag for our other friend because he's such a longtime listener of the podcast, and he just understands oh. what to do in these situations. He said, mybookie.ag, you got to use the promo code overtime because that helps Dougie with the podcast. So shout out to Big, love it. Just the fact that it's people are remembering this means that we're just doing something right here. So mybookie.ag is really the only place <laughs> that you should be putting bets down on Sunday. If you're not playing DFS, this is the next best place to go. You use the promo code overtime. They'll double your deposit up to $100. If you've got to be a first-time uh, user uh, of, of MyBookie to be able to get that. But if you are, go over, use that promo code overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. You get yourself started on MyBookie. We love these guys. Guys in my text threads love these guys. Everyone loves my bookie. So go on over to my bookie. You will not regret it. I was going to say forget it, but I meant to say regret it. All right, buddy, walk me through running backs. We went on the Latavius Murray train. Let's just real quick. Latavius Murray again this week. Are we 100% on this? He's 6,200 uh, on FanDuel. He is, uh, sorry, he's 5,800 on DraftKings. Are we just looking at a situation where I get that the price has gone up and whatever, the usage is just too much. Like we just can't ignore it, move on. 
like easy play here. Give me give me your quick thoughts on Murray for this week, and then roll us into some of the cash game plays at running back. Yeah, so to update you on the Kamara situation, the speculation right now is that he'll miss this week because the Saints have a bye week in week nine, and I think they want to prioritize getting him back healthy. And just another case where everyone has seen that it doesn't kind of totally matter who your running back is, right? Nope. I mean, Latavius Murray walks out there, uh, has 33 plays drawn up for him, turns it into 150 yards and two touchdowns. He was our highest scoring play overall. Obviously, I don't think you can count on that level of production just because kind of nobody produces like that on a week-to-week basis, but... He's in a much better matchup this time against Arizona. This game is at home. They're six-point favorites. It's like kind of hard to imagine him not being an automatic play, an automatic cash game play, now that the rest of the industry also has you know, the precedent sort of set there. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's totally dependent upon Kamara's health. If Kamara plays, you can't play him. But I wrote him up. Normally I, I will just nod to those situations at the end of the running back section, but I feel confident enough that the Saints will sort of do the right thing here and – play it more cautiously that I think you could proceed on Murray there. Yeah, okay. So after him, I, I agree. I don't think we need to go crazy on this one. Um, I think that he's going to be a pretty much chalk again. The price, some people will be turned off by the price, but he was so good that I just think that that would probably be enough to get most people even over that small, rather small hurdle. He's still way too cheap for this kind of opportunity. After him, though, I mean, we have Christian McCaffrey here. We got Fournette again, right? Yeah, we have Fournette on the main slate. Got, you mentioned Ty Johnson. I mean, are these the guys you're kind of looking at here? I only mentioned Fournette and McCaffrey to not bury it, but these are guys that we've kind of just we've been pretty consistent with the running backs we played each week. And by the way, there's no it's why what's our record like twelve and three on main slates or something like that. I, like, right now it's 10, 10, 3, and one. And 10, so the way I measure one. that because people are like how could you tie? Though that's the that's what they sound like when they ask me. Um, the way we can do that is I always enter the big two dollar double up and the big five dollar double up on both sites. And if it cashes both, I consider that a win. If it splits it, I consider it a tie. And if you lose both, it's a loss. So There you go. So that's, that's the record for us in cash games right now. Walk me through the rest of these running backs. We've been pretty consistent about who we play, but there are some guys here that are maybe starting to change things a little bit. Sure. So I'll start with Fournette. I mean, Fournette, I, I just don't understand what the pricey algorithms are doing over on FanDuel and DraftKings right now. So he was over 90% owned in the big double up on FanDuel last yeah. week. Uh, he probably put up 141 yards from scrimmage on 31 touches. And he's just the whole plan for the Jacksonville offense right now, right? It's like when they're in the huddle, on the sidelines, in practice, they're discussing, is there any possible way we can run a play for Leonard right now? Because that is kind of what I want to do, no matter if we're down by 10 or <laughs> up by 10 or whatever. Um, he's just putting up more carries and opportunity than really anyone else. And, uh, and it's a sight to behold. And now this week, the price has come down. So, you know, I get that it, the, the matchup is a little tougher here. Like the Jets are not nearly as all-world a matchup as Cincinnati was, right? But the fact is that they still have an average DVOA, or like a slightly above average DVOA against the run. And, I mean, they're like 1-5 in five on the season. How honestly motivated can they really be here? So I think that Fournette, I mean, again, a 90% play when the price comes down by 200 and he's not walking into the teeth of like a San Francisco-type defense – it just seems like he's going to have huge ownership once again. He has 182 total touches this year, carries plus targets. That is 11 more than McCaffrey. I know he's played a week more than McCaffrey, so I, let's forget him. McCaffrey will probably end up passing him this week, though I actually don't know about that because you know, with 11 – with 11, I still he'll still be a week behind, so never mind. Uh, that's probably a moot point. He'll end up passing him by the end of the season. Uh, but after that, the guys, the rest of this group that's at the top of the list has played the same amount of games in him. And Fournette has like almost a like game's worth more carries and targets than these next closest guys at 165. That's like Elliott, Chris Carson, and Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, he's just like basically a whole game better 
a reasonably good game for these guys better uh, than the next closest guys, except for McCaffrey. Speaking of, do we want to pay up for McCaffrey here? Other weeks, he's been an absolute total lock, but the price has finally gotten up to the maybe the question mark point at 9,600. They, um, they do not have, they're not one of these games with the big totals, and they go up against San Francisco, who's had a pretty excellent defense this year. Is this finally the week that we're off McCaffrey? We've been on him every, he's, every single slate that he's been on, we've played him in cash since week one, and we've been paid off handsomely for it. Um, is this the week that we finally do it, or do we? Is or excuse me, is this the week we finally end up fading him? What are your thoughts here on considering the price? Yeah, so honestly, my initial impression was that I would rather not pay up for McCaffrey, and you know when our system became sort of insistent, I wanted to dig in a little bit further and kind of see what was going on. So the main thing with McCaffrey, you nodded to it earlier, is just the literally absurd usage that he has right now. So right now, in the last four weeks. He's averaged 29.75 carries and targets a game. So that's just so much. <laughs> you know, it's one of those situations where it's kind of like a matchup and almost price be damned situation as well. Now, do I like him better than, say, Fournette, who's $1,900 cheaper and rates to have similar usage against a much worse defense? Probably not. Um, but the fact of the matter is, with a couple cheap plays, you know, coming on the books this week, like if you can run Ty Johnson then all of a sudden the salary is there for McCaffrey and a spend-up quarterback. And honestly, I think it might not be completely insane. Uh, this season, McCaffrey has been otherworldly good in every single game except, randomly, his two games against Tampa Bay. <laughs> so in the two games against Tampa Bay, he had a combined 38 carries for 68 yards. Who knows? And in the rest of the games, like the minimum number of yards he had in any game was 93. So... Uh, he's obviously the, the first priority for touchdowns as well. He's got nine total touchdowns across the six games he's played. Um, he's just such a huge, incredible part of this offense that it's hard to fade him on any given week. So the reason I wrote McCaffrey up was not so much to say, like, he'll definitely be in our lineups. You must prioritize him. But just a nod to the fact that you shouldn't rule him out just on the basis of matchup. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where I am with him right now. It's kind of lukewarm, uh, I would say. But given that we have potential guys like Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray that we might be able to play... It, you might just have the money left over to do it. Yeah, you run into two two problems with them this week besides, I mean, outside of the usage is that, well, the usage is not a problem. The two problems you run into, like you said, San Francisco is an elite defense this year, second overall in DVOA, and they are allowing the, the least amount of t- NFL, excuse me, the least amount of team opponent plays per game. So that's, we would just call this like implied pace of the opposing team. They allow only 53 plays per game, whereas like the Detroit allows 70 plays per game. Um, part of this is the way they run their offenses. Part of this is because, you know, they pass a little bit more. You know, San Francisco runs a ton, so the clock kind of runs out. There's lots of reasons for this. But these two factors together are like the one time, because I really thought like, you know, short of 10,000, we'd be playing McCaffrey. This seems like the one situation where we're at least going to question it. I'm not saying it's off the table. And you mentioned Ty Johnson. He looks like he's going to take over at least the first and second down carries. I don't think he's going to be a third down back. They have J.D. McKissick. That's the only thing that has me a little worried. He's not really not all that good. And Detroit's had trouble with just sustaining running back play in general, even when the guys are supposed to be good, like Harry and Johnson. Um, are you concerned at all with that? We'll move on to the wide receivers in one second. Give me your two-second thoughts on Ty Johnson. We can get a little bit more into this in the game-by-game preview tomorrow, too. Sure. So what I wrote in Ty Johnson's write-up was basically I rate him as an overall punt play as better than Malcolm Brogdon earlier this season, but worse than Latavius Murray. Uh, one other. I'm assuming you punts, mean Malcolm. Malcolm, you got NBA in the brain, Malcolm but you Brogdon, mean Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. Brown, you got the idea. Um, <laughs> but worse than Malcolm Brogdon. I was doing the stupid NBA <laughs> player minutes audit, which uh, you know advertisement for that. 
go ask around and see how many other outfits had people just absolutely make their eyes bleed looking up every single player on every single roster. And I'm also talking about the guys that uh, are going to be playing in China and stuff like that. Like we're just like going oh, yeah. through it player by player. So yeah, sorry, apologies for having a little bit of NBA brain there for a second. But um, where was I? Oh yeah, ranking uh, Ty Johnson. So I think he's better than Malcolm Brown and worse than Latavius Murray, uh, you know, just kind of in a vacuum for all the reasons you already mentioned. I mean, the biggest being that Detroit has had a difficult time maintaining a running back one sort of player regardless. I mean, carry on Johnson, even if he were playing, is only 6,700. So, you know, we're getting a less certain situation and we're getting it at a discount, but it's not like as deep a discount as if like, you know, Christian McCaffrey went out and his backup filled in. Right. So I think that, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a tepid recommendation, but you do get a great matchup here with the Giants, and Detroit is favored by six points in this game. So I think that you have the opportunity to potentially cash in. Um, and again, I, don't, I don't also don't think you necessarily need to run two punts out of there. So, you know, if Murray's there and the rest of your lineup kind of looks good. Like one thing I don't think I would want to do necessarily is, you know, if I already had Murray locked in because Kamara was going to sit, I probably would rather split the difference with something like, you know, Fernet and Chris Carson rather than going McCaffrey and Ty Johnson. So uh, that's my gut right now. Obviously, it could change. Uh, so you'll have to be in our members-only chat room to get that update. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. All right, before we get to wide receivers, you got to download the CBS HQ app. Uh, I've, I've really been using this all the time since I got turned on to this app. They, uh, just from a point, honestly, they became sponsors of the show, and sometimes you get sponsors and you think, sometimes it's like my bookie, hey, we were already using them. Sometimes it's like Vivid Seats and CBS HQ that come along, and then you actually just start noticing them. You get great deals from them. You're like, okay, I still actually will start using this, this app. CBS HQ is definitely one of those. It's just awesome for highlights. So if you are like miss a game, like today, I had, a, for some reason, had to leave early. For the reason I don't want to explain, I had to leave early for the end of the Clippers-Lakers game. Uh, CBS HQ was right with the first place I went over to check out highlights of the game. Um, also great for just fantasy. You know, we're doing fantasy stuff here, but they're kind of giving breakdowns on individual games sometimes in a way that we're not. Um, so you can go over and head over for that content. Also, they're just giving game-by-game matchups just in general, not from a fantasy point of view. But basically what I'm saying is you're not at the, you don't need to go to like one of these big sites and try to figure out if like your highlights coming up next or can you, you know try to get jam in videos on some of these other sites. CBS HQ is just kind of a la carte. You get what you want. You look at the clips you want to see, and you kind of move on with your life. Plus, it's totally free. So go over to CBS HQ. There's nothing to sign up for. Um, we just love the product, and they're sponsors of the show, and there's really no downside. So CBS HQ, check them out. Let's talk wide receivers. I was thinking at the beginning that we wouldn't really end up paying for a big wide receiver, and I kind of wrote that in the write-up because there are some high target guys that I think we can kind of sink our teeth into. And then when I look at our lineups now, if we don't play McCaffrey and we go like a little cheaper at these running backs, Mm -hmm. maybe we are looking at DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, guys like this. Could you see a scenario where that happens? Will Fuller's out now. They have started force-feeding Hopkins a little bit, has a great matchup here. Would that make you feel okay in this kind of situation? We haven't necessarily always defaulted to this strategy when other people have. So I'm, I'm always a little wary of when I see it happen um, because I think we just do value running back so much more. But right now Hopkins is in lineup one for us on FanDuel. Thomas is in lineup two. It's not the same exact situation on DraftKings. Um, but what are your thoughts are when you see some of these big, these big, bigger target guys showing up in cash games? Right. So, you know, obviously you have to evaluate them on a player by player basis, but uh, for starters, I am feeling pretty good about playing Hopkins. I mean, he has three double digit target games this season. 
Two of them were in the last two weeks, and he had his best game of the season last week. I think Will Fuller being out matters. You know, I think this whole offense getting comfortable uh, sort of matters too. So, yeah, I, I think playing Hopkins seems like a really, really, you know, healthy way to invest that extra salary. And again, it's not totally apples to apples, but if I'm trying to decide where I want to prioritize, looking at some of these other names coming up at wide receiver, I think I would want to go with Hopkins rather than paying up for McCaffrey in, you know, what amounts to the worst possible matchup for a running back of any stripe. So, uh, yeah, I think right now I, I'd feel totally confident with Hopkins. Uh, I think so, too. Um, when I thought about it more, again, I, I, I really wanted to fall to playing running backs because they're so much safer than these wide receivers. We've seen these guys flame out too many times. Uh, and just because they're just, they don't just control their own fate the way some, like a guy like McCaffrey does, I think, a little bit more, even Fournette. Mm-hmm. Um, but the existence of Fournette and some of these cheaper running backs is that what's maybe in the system kind of default to going up there. Two other guys that I have on the list um, that are just criminally underpriced. I hate to say it. I know that they're, they're kind of they're two totally different situations here. But Tyler Boyd was a pretty chalk play last week, and he, again, he's just sub-6,000 on FanDuel. The guy is third overall in targets. They threw like a jillion times last week. Alex Erickson had like 75 targets or something like that. Yeah. But Boyd still had another double-digit target week. I get that it's from Andy Dalton. I get the team stinks, but that's the, that's the reason he's getting so many targets. Like They just are always playing from behind. It looks like they're going to play from behind again. So he's one at 5,600, and the other one is Edelman. Like Edelman at 6,600? Yeah. Freaking Edel- I know they signed Mohamed Sanu, so I guess we can try to figure out what, or excuse me, trade it for him. I guess we can try to figure out what that means. Edelman is fourth overall in targets, and he took a half a game off because he got hurt in the one game where he had nine targets at halftime and then didn't play the whole second half. So he's played a half a game less than all the guys on the list above him. You have to believe that if he had just played that half, um, he'd be probably third on the overall on the list, maybe higher just the way they use him, but I think third is being safe. This guy's 6,600 on FanDuel. I know it's half-point PPR. And he's 6,900 on DraftKings. It's a little easier on FanDuel. Boyd and Metalman just seem just completely mispriced on that site. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, we saw Boyd. I think he was roughly 75% owned last week. Um, you know, wasn't gangbusters or anything, but the price hasn't moved. And, you know, the Rams, you know, they've kind of shown themselves to be a fairly toothless defense this year when it comes to uh, stopping these super high target guys. So, yeah, I'm fine playing Boyd. I mean, yeah, Andy Dalton targets aren't created as equally as some of the other quarterbacks in the league. But Jacksonville was a tough matchup in its own right. And so, you know, I think we're getting Boyd in a situation where, you know, a great matchup against Arizona. He went off two really tough matchups with Baltimore and Jacksonville, and he was quieted down a little bit. But I think this is the resurgence week. I think, And I think people will be on it, too. It's like, you know, sort of hard to imagine that people will just step past this at this ridiculously low price point. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about both those plays. All right, hit us with the tight ends real quick before we get out of here. We do have a basketball podcast coming out today yeah. as well, so we're going to get over and do that in a second. Hit us with the tight ends. We'll be back again tomorrow with a game-by-game breakdown. Sure. So tight end, to me, I think it breaks down pretty straightforwardly. Uh, on DraftKings, Hunter Henry is mispriced, in my opinion. Uh, all the other kind of tight ends that you can even think about considering are in that you know mid-fives to mid-sixes sort of range. Hunter Henry right now, 4900 And, yeah, I just don't totally get it. I mean... Yeah, I get that going up against Chicago is not as good a matchup as some of these other guys have. But in the last two weeks, Hunter Henry has averaged seven and a half catches for 98 and a half yards and a touchdown on eight and a half targets a game. And that's great. <laughs> you know, tight end has been one of the worst positions in the entire NFL this season. And he's just one of the players that you can consider. And given that he's $1,000 cheaper, and I don't think any of these other guys have established themselves as being in that sort of must-play level tier you know, I was submitting Austin Hooper in that category. 
last week, and I think you know you turned me on to Henry later in the week too. Um, and so, and by the way, one of the things I, I want to point out because someone in the chat room, you know, our members only chat leading up to the lineup lock was like, James, you said there was no way you were going to switch off of Austin Hooper, and now you are. So like, what gives? And it's like, well, I just got more information, and so I changed my mind. Yep. You know, like that's the point of me being on this podcast is not to be right all the time. It's to try to equip you with the best knowledge that's available to me in that moment. And so uh, when you, Doug, came up to me on Sunday, and we're like, yeah, I think we're low on Henry. We looked at it. I agreed. And we plugged him in and felt fine about it. Now, Austin Hooper, of course, did punch in the touchdown. He's still a good play. But, um, yeah, long story short is I did. we did ultimately land on it. And I think on DraftKings, uh, it's secure once again. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think Waller's a good play, too. We'll go through some of these other guys uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give the quick game. list. I'll give the quick list. So yeah, the yeah. list of the other guys you can consider, especially on FanDuel. Like I said, these guys are all on the same price tier. Um, Waller going up against Houston. He's pretty, you know, it's been a little bit up and down in terms of the raw fantasy production. But again, when you compare his targets to the rest of the league and you compare when he's had his good games and his bad games, like the Raiders definitely are a team, especially with their relatively shaky offensive line and car under center, they really do want to prioritize passing to Waller. So definitely high on him for FanDuel. And then the other group is just Ingram, Hooper, and Kittle. Uh, Kittle we'll talk about tomorrow a little bit more, but very interesting big tournament play now that he's priced at or below a lot of these other guys. So this is really one of those sample size tests, right? Where you're like, and eh, last year he had the most receiving yards of any tight end ever. This year he's not been that good, but is he worse than, you know, Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper? I don't know. So uh, more on that coming soon. All right. Uh, with that note, we're going to get out of here. DFSR.com slash deals is the site. You go over, you get the subscription, the subscription uh, to all the stuff we've been talking about. Chat, optimal apps for FanDuel and DraftKings, everything you need to get started. Plus, MBA is covered under that same subscription package along with NHL. You're just not going to find a better deal than that. You're not going to find uh, an outfit of guys, in this case, that are just more uh, accessible and willing to just be there with everyone else uh, when, the, when the lineups are going out and the projections are there in front of you. Uh, so we're about as accessible as anybody in the business. I, I would stake my name on that. And we do. So dfsr.com slash deals will get you started. We're backing in tomorrow, game by game podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the NBA podcast as well. That's on a different feed. I'll have the link in the show notes. Buddy, talk to you again tomorrow when we break down all the games for week eight. Peace.